Hello, hello, everyone. This is Hannah Beggs. Thank you for tuning in to Health Talks with Hannah. Hello, hello. This is Hannah. Welcome to Health Talks with Hannah. I got Jill Johns with me here today. We're going to talk about self-care. Hey, Jill. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Jill is a personal friend of mine. I would say that we're friends. Yes, we are. All these years. She took the Live Strong program with me. Um, You know, I've done a few workouts for her in the past. A few. (laughs) A lot. Yes. I feel like we have a good relationship. And, you know, I love bringing my friends on here for you guys because they're so knowledgeable on what they do. All right, guys. So, like I said, I have Jill Johns with me today, and we're talking a little bit about self-care because sometimes that is something that we ignore a lot, right? And self-care is kind of confusing sometimes. What is self-care? Do you mind starting out just explaining what self-care is? Absolutely. So, And I I think there's a lot of confusion about what really is self-care. And I think um, there are a lot of companies that try to sell products that push self-care. So we start to think that self-care is in a commodity when self-care is really in actions and activities that you do for yourself in order to recharge your batteries. And so for me, um, when I look at self-care and work with people on self-care, it's the basics, like what kind of sleep are you getting? How are you hydrating your body? How are you feeding your body? And then what are you doing with your relationships with other people? What are you doing for your mental health? Um, what are you doing for your exercise? And so it's really having people take stock of what they're doing for themselves in order to feel like they're functioning with a full battery, you know? Yeah. Um, that makes sense. And um, I have a quote that I love that comes to mind. You can't pour yes. from an empty vessel. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I think if we have children, if we have significant others, we're focusing more on that. We're focusing more on our job than we are even hydrating or getting that minimal amount of sleep, which are basic human survival yes. at first glance. So after we look at that and we kind of evaluate, what do we do next? How do we take those first steps in making ourselves a priority, which is tough. It is tough. And, you know, for me, everything starts with awareness. And so people have to first start by taking stock of where they currently are. So it's not about making any changes at first. It's just about observing. So observe yourself and get to know yourself. Like we spend so much time focusing, like you said, on other people that when we ask people to start a self-care journey, it's about turning the reflection back at yourself. So look at your sleep patterns, Mm -hmm. look at your water consumption patterns, look at your exercise or your nutrition patterns, and just start to become familiar because we do so much of that um, on autopilot and we're not really paying attention. And typically once you start to have the awareness and start to pay attention, you start to notice where the gaps are and where you need to put your attention. Yeah, and that might be a little overwhelming. It is. At first, you think, like, mm-hmm. how do we combat that sense of overwhelming? Like, I don't sleep. I don't drink enough water. Oh, yes. my goodness. How am I going to even start this? I yes. don't take care of myself. And it's always starting small. So it's, you know, it's it's acknowledging, hey, maybe I'm drinking 
three cups of coffee and two sodas and one glass of water. So it starts with replacing one of those caffeinated drinks or one of those sodas with one glass of water sure. until eventually you can build up. It's just like any other exercise. You know, it's like you can't, you can't hit the gym doing the hardest routine possible. You have to start incrementally and slowly. And that's the exact same thing with self-care because we want it to be a lifestyle change, sustainable and something that is just part of who we are. I always say your self-care should not be something additional added to your already too long to-do list. Mm -hmm. It should be how you do your to-do list. Hmm. What do you mean by that? So many of the, you know, when I said commodities, like the self-care commodities, the things that people sell to make money, yes, (laughs) those are extra things to add to your day. And so you know, maybe you don't have time for a luxurious bubble bath or whatever, but you do um, have, you know, you already are brushing your teeth, let's say. And so it's just making sure that then after that, that you're, you know, maybe drinking water after that, or it's just doing what you're doing already with intentionality and purpose and awareness versus you know, going through life as a robot or something. Maybe we're replacing the behavior. So instead of grabbing that soda, we grab a glass of water. We're not necessarily going out of our way to start something new, but replacing our habits with a new one. Yes, slowly but surely. Just one, it's one, it really is one cup at a time, you know, like one choice, one decision at a time. And and throughout your life, it'll ebb and flow with your availability of your of time and your energy and your resources. And it's also about calibrating mm-hmm. to where you currently are and, and stopping the shame and stopping the guilt associated with not doing what you think you should be doing. It's like yeah. we can get into a real shame fest when we start to think about all the things that we should be doing that we're not doing. Definitely. Um, and so instead, shifting the focus back on what you are doing and what you are capable of doing at that moment in your life. Of course. It's all about the perspective, it how is. we're looking at things. It is. I think a lot of times we don't think about ourselves yes. as a priority. So how can we almost mm-hmm. adjust that mindset to think, this is important yes. that I stop and that I drink this water? Maybe I'm taking a moment to stop what I'm doing and go refill my glass. Yes. Like even little things like that, I think people don't even take time for themselves. So Mm -hmm. why is it so important? You know, so we're taught to be, especially women, Mm -hmm. um, we are taught to do things for others. It's kind of programmed into us from the time that we're young. Are we helping others? Are we paying attention to others? That we do it so much that we don't pay attention to ourselves. And then we start to feel selfish when we do turn the attention back on ourselves. And so, you know, there's a lot in the, in the work that I do, I'm often like granting people permission and allowing themselves to grant themselves permission yeah. to focus on themselves. Because like you said, you can't pour from an empty cup. If you're depleted, you're exhausted, you can't give to, like you said, your children, your uh-huh. spouse, your friends, your community. And so it's shifting the shame conversation, it's shifting the guilt conversation, it's granting people permission, it's self-granting permission, it's it's people like us demonstrating yeah. to other people that self-care is acceptable because especially in the American society, there's so much value placed on productivity. Mm-hmm. The more you do, the more things you can get done, how long's your to-do list, like that's the stuff that we 
pride ourselves on. Yeah. And self-care is kind of the flip side of that coin. And um, we don't often reward people for sitting in nature for an hour and just no. taking it all in. We don't reward people for um, saying no and setting yeah. boundaries and slowing down and prioritizing their own health and well-being. Yeah, and it's hard to set those boundaries. I mm-hmm. even have a hard time oh, yeah. with myself. I mean, you know that. Oh, I yeah. am the yes girl yes. all day long. So how do we even mm-hmm. start by setting those boundaries for ourselves? Should we write it down? Should we do a personal contract maybe? How do we put it in our head that this is what this we're going to okay. do? This is in writing. So there's there's a couple things that I do when I work with people. The first is getting them accustomed to hearing themselves say no. Mm-hmm. And so just practicing saying no. Like I will have groups of, you know, organizations, groups, whoever I'm speaking to, just shout out the word no, because <laughs> there's so much hesitancy around saying no. Like if somebody asks me to do something, I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to yeah. make them think that I'm not a team player or whatever. Yeah. And so... Saying no is very uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it really is the first place mm-hmm. that we can set a boundary. It's to be able to say, hey, is this something, you know, I love vision boards. I love, you know, kind of thinking about the end goal, the destination where you want to be. And as opportunities come up, it's asking yourself, does this take me toward that vision and that goal or away from it? And sure. if it takes you away from it, that's a moment to set a boundary to say no um, and then not feeling guilty no, after that's say no. And then if you have the tendency to feel guilty or feel the shame, I always tell people to add the little phrase, but thanks for asking. Mm. So, Hey, Hannah, can you do this for me today? You would be able to say no, but thanks for asking or thanks for thinking of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to acknowledge to the person that you see that they see value in you. And yeah. also you are, um, setting those boundaries for yourself. But it really is ingrained in us. Even with you saying that, the thought of me saying no to someone gives me almost a little bit of anxiety. Yes. Because I am that yes person. Yes. People pleasing is what's killing us. Yes. You know, we're afraid... we're afraid of what other people think of us. And part of that comes from our need to be seen and validated. Um, And so a lot of that starts to shift back to seeing ourselves and validating ourselves yes. and not needing that from people outside of us Finding but we're not practiced in it yeah. we just you're right like we are no one has practiced in it and you know their therapy is I always you know that's one of the pillars for me of self-care is having somebody that can help you with your mental health um, and so really tackling some of those internal dialogues that are going on of the thoughts that we're having about ourselves mm-hmm. and the thoughts we think other people are having about us and just getting really real with those. But setting boundaries and saying no is is the first step. And for a lot of people, it's like, well, what does that look like? And yeah. so it might be, you know, when you pull up in your driveway at the end of your workday, maybe just parking your car and instead of hopping right out of the car and running into your house, it's pausing in that moment, taking a few deep breaths, getting clear on what you want your evening to look like, Mm -hmm. and then entering into your home with that intentionality. And then if something comes up in the evening, it's, you know, if it doesn't align with what you had intended for that evening, um, then just releasing it and saying no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think with everything going on in the world, what we've grown from what's happening is becoming more adaptable. Yes. If we look at 
like I said, what's going on, we have gained. Yeah. That adaptability from this is a strength almost. Yeah. Finding that silver lining. Well, right? we've gained <laughs> that. And we also had a full year of practicing pressing pause, a full year mm-hmm. of um, the world kind of setting boundaries yeah. and the world saying no. And you can see how so many people fight it and push against it mm-hmm. and they're uncomfortable with it. But so many of us have learned to actually enjoy and appreciate the kind of collective slowing down of life. Awesome. And the, um, you know, we're, we were forced to spend a lot more time at home this past yeah. year than we ever have. And people are identifying new hobbies and identifying new ways to fill their cup. You know, it's doing puzzles or reading yeah. books or spending time with their kids or binge watching a, a show as a family or, you know, picking up a new skill, baking bread or knitting or whatever it might be. But we had a collective year. Um, well, it was very stressful and uncertain and, you know, fear-based for so many. It was also an interesting experiment in kind of global self-care. Of course. But you talked about all those like almost hobbies and things people have been getting into. Is that not Mm -hmm. also a form of self-care is having some form of outlet? Yes. Um, And and being clear on what that is, you know, so we talk about socially acceptable self-care and upgraded self-care. And um, there's kind of some negative forms of self-care, right? Like excessive drinking or maybe even excessive working out. Or there's some things that kind of slip into um, unhealthy habits, and those aren't the type of self-care activities that we encourage, but it, it's the other type of, of habits or hobbies that we pick up, the behaviors that we change yeah. that actually, you know, make us better, make us stronger, make mm-hmm. us cleaner, more, you know, whole. Um, Something constructive. Mm-hmm. What would be an example of that? So, you know, Study after study indicates how important it is to get in nature. So even just standing outside, you know, and soaking up the sun through your skin, um, looking at trees, walking through grass, being on a beach or um, near some flowing water, um, so much can be gained in our in our self-care journey just by spending more time outside. Of course. Um, And so that would be one example. Like I said, the sleep component is something just to create a sleep log, a sleep journal, you know, Fitbits or Apple Watches or whatever, we might have that log and track that stuff for us. It's doing that in order to give us feedback on how we're doing. And so if we can learn to incorporate um, gadgets and tools to help us on our self-care journey, you know, many of us are wearing them already. Why not? They're already here. Exactly. And I've even noticed with my own personal sleep, making a small adjustment is I have a Kindle and I read before I go to bed instead of getting on my phone. Exactly. And even that small change, like you said, replacing the behavior. I'm not adding anything extra. Helped me sleep a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So it's almost adjusting that mindset. It is. Wouldn't you think? Well and that's why I I keep going back to it's hard to market that, right? It's hard to sell you a product that says, hey, you know, just read your book instead of scrolling through your your social media feed or whatever. I've um 
I, I like to leverage, like I said, the tools that we have. And so I've set some limits on my um, social media on my phone. Oh, I've nice. changed some of the settings so that I don't get the alerts or that I don't get the banner pop-ups. Um, and a lot of that is self-care as well. It can be overwhelming it for can social be. media. And we can, get, we can get lost and sucked into kind of the online world yeah. and then miss out on the real world that's happening all around us. And so the more we can look up from our screens whether it's our phones or our computers or our iPads or whatever it is, and the more we can just be present yeah. in the present moment with the people who are with us right now, um, that is self-care as well. I completely agree. And as someone who can get encompassed in the Instagram and yes. everything, it can be overwhelming mm -hmm. to see how many likes have I gotten. We're almost yeah. putting stock of yeah. ourselves and our self-worth in social media, which we're so much more I know. than that. Well, and if you've watched any of the recent documentaries that have come out about how we have become the product, we've become the commodity, yeah. and companies are making money off of us, and we're not even realizing that they're doing that. I think mm -hmm. that's part of that, like getting sucked into this people-pleasing. Like you said, we want people to see us. We have FOMO, the fear of missing out. If we're yeah. not online, what are we going to miss? And we are evaluating ourselves based on these superficial metrics and not necessarily on the metrics with the people that matter the most. Like if we spend as much time focusing on how many hours of sleep, how many glasses of water, how many steps, how many healthy relationships we had, all of that would should be where we place our attention and not on the number of thumbs up that we get. Yeah, taking stock in ourselves and Really yes. loving yes. ourselves because, like we said earlier, pouring from the empty vessel, if we do not fully love ourselves, how much can we really give to others? How much can we really give to our job if yes. that's what we're focusing on, our children? Exactly. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely a mindset shift. Self-care is not hard, per se. Like, the actual actions of mm -hmm. self-care are not hard. Um, it's just the mental gymnastics that we have to go through to shift from a people-pleasing, you know, in the grind, nonstop go, people-pleasing world into this other one where we are really intentional about the life that we're living, where it's like we are leading our life versus life is leading us. Of know? course. So if you would say step one yes. is saying no. Yes. Saying no, setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. Everyone take a minute. You can pause it. <laughs> Look in the mirror and say no. No. Yeah. No. Perfect. Like just no. scream it out. No. No, no, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. So what is our step two? Well, our step two is to get real with our emotions. And so it's actually our emotions that are designed to indicate to us whether or not it's a yes moment or a no moment. Okay. Um, we have become this positivity, um, only positive vibes and all that. Mm -hmm. that. To me, that's actually detrimental in the sense that um, the full we're humans. We have the full emotional spectrum, and if we're ignoring, you know, a large portion of our feelings, we're ignoring kind of that internal indicator as to what's pleasing and what's displeasing mm -hmm. to us in life. And so, our emotional awareness and kind of the acknowledgement of how a person, an activity, a location, and you know, an action makes us feel, then it can help indicate to us when and where we should say no mm -hmm. um, and where we should set boundaries. And I'm going to throw in the third step really quickly with that is that other people's reaction to our boundaries and to our no is none of our business. 
Hmm. And so if you can, and I might even reverse these orders. So step one is kind of be aware of your emotions. And then step two is create your boundaries and say no based on those emotions. And then step three is other people's reaction to your no and to your boundaries is none of your business. And so if people, if, you know, somebody gives you the guilt trip because you're not coming to an event that they invited you to, but you know that it doesn't feel good to go to that, even if they give you a guilt trip or if they're passive aggressive or if they're outright angry with you for not going, their reaction to you is none of your business. And that's that step for those of us that are people pleasers. That's very uncomfortable. Oh, yes. <laughs> we don't want to make our friends, our family, our spouses, our kids, you know, Anyone. our parents disappointed in us. But if you can if you can be clear on how you're feeling, be clear on your reaction to why you're feeling that way and take the steps you need to fill your cup, then concretely say that no or set that boundary Mm -hmm. and then turn away you know so many of us like how are they going to react to us and we kind of keep a trained eye on that person if instead we can turn away and ignore their reaction to our experience it builds our confidence in being able to do it again and again because it's going to feel so good eventually um, when we're living this life by design how do we really sit down and start yes. with these mental steps? Because that can be, like you said, the most difficult part. It is. You know, I'm a big fan of either journaling, if you like to write, or I'm a verbal processor, so I like to talk. And so either talking with a therapist, a coach, a trusted friend, or even just picking up your 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 phone and, yeah. and leaving a voice note um, and just talking through or writing through and processing some of these thoughts, some of these mm-hmm. beliefs, some of these feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's That is the first step. Like we are so out of tune with ourselves yeah. that the journaling, the mental processing, the turning the attention back to ourselves is step one. Mm-hmm. And nobody can do that for you. Only you can do that for yourself. And it is pull up your big girl panties and put them on and say, you know what, I need to start reflecting on what works, what doesn't work. You know, you can at the end of the day, you know, if you want to start simple, start with, you know, I I taught my kids every day to do their gratefuls, three things that they were grateful for that happened in that day. Those things that you're grateful for are a really solid indicator of what's in alignment with you and who you are. And the more you start to recognize those, the more you seek out opportunities for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. And so just start by saying, you know, these are the three things that I'm grateful for. Start there. And then eventually maybe start growing your journaling process to being, you know, what worked today? What didn't work today? What do you want to try differently tomorrow? What are you proud of? Where do you need to grow? Just all kinds of journal prompts. So not ignoring yourself, Mm -hmm. spending time to reflect at the end of the day. Maybe we're not worrying about all the things that we have to do tomorrow because that's what I am guilty of, laying in bed. But maybe we go, I really liked these things that happened today. That was fantastic. But Mm -hmm. this put a little extra pressure on me. Maybe next time thinking of starting to set a boundary mm-hmm. in that place. Cause we know at the end of the day, what we are happy with yes. and what we are not happy with. Cause sometimes we tend to focus on the negative impact. Unfortunately. Sure, sure. We've been trained that way, right? We're trained in, you know, what did you do wrong? What are you mm-hmm. going to fix next time? You know, it's like, we're very rarely asked, what did you do right? What went well? That's what true. are you proud of? Um, we're taught to be humble. Don't brag about the things mm-hmm. that you're proud of. Well, 
I'm the opposite. It's like, get so proud of the things that you do well. Get really comfortable with telling other people where you excel, what you're good at, why you're good at that, why that makes you feel alive and passionate. Um, And then we're living a purposeful life. I agree. And I used Mm -hmm. to be that way. And I see people when I interview them, you get that question, what are your strengths? Yes. And that's always a harder question Mm -hmm. than what are your weaknesses? Of course. Weaknesses just come right off the tongue, Mm -hmm. but the strengths, it always takes a moment for whoever it is to really think about it because they don't think about it throughout Mm -hmm. the day. And maybe we should spend more time reflecting on what we're good at. Yep. That would be in tune with our self-care. Well, and I think it starts, you know, when we're children or for those of us that are parents, we can be really aware of it. We're really good at pointing out to our kids, don't do this, don't do that, don't touch this, Mm -hmm. you know, sit down, don't make noise. We're constantly telling people what not to do, but we're not really practiced at telling people what we like. Like, you know what? I really like that about you. I really appreciate this. I really enjoyed when you said that. I really like your laugh. You know, we're, we're, we're very comfortable at giving out criticisms because we think we're criticizing in order to help people. Um, When in reality, what helps people is for them to hear what they're doing well Mm -hmm. and to continue to build on what's, I'm a, you know, I like to work with people on their strengths. And so let's take your strengths and let's amplify those strengths versus um, trying to fix all of your weaknesses. Because no one's perfect no. and we're not going to be mm-hmm. perfect. I think that we do, like you said, we crave that good feedback. Yes. Whenever we hear it, that makes our day just it's because true. it's heard so little. Well, and think about our own internal dialogue, right? Like when you've got a constantly, you basically have a commentator living inside of you that's commenting at you all day long about your life like oh mm-hmm. Jill you should have done this why'd you do that why'd you say this oh that was a dumb thing to say or why didn't you you know you have that constant dialogue running inside of you sure. that's your worst critic mm-hmm. and if you can start to train that inner critic to start saying good things about you and you can get there by practicing saying good things to other people yes. um, to start to train your eye to mm-hmm. look for what's going well versus yes. what's not and I, when I run the programs, I even talk about positive self-talk. Yes. And yes. what I say the first step is, you can tell me how you think, is noticing yes. it. The first step is noticing our negative thoughts mm-hmm. throughout the day. And then I tell them once we notice them, maybe we combat that. I'll do better next time. Yes. I'll get there. Give ourselves a break. Yeah. I even like to say, like, you know, that inner critic that's telling us we could to do better. It's trying to protect us. It's trying to help us. It's trying to motivate us. So even to say to your inner critic, you know, thank you for that feedback um, and moving on, you know, like, like just saying, thank you for trying to protect me. You know, I appreciate like this is all happening in your head. Right. But it's like when you that step one, like you said, is that awareness of that voice that's constantly yeah. running in there. And the second piece is that instead of believing it, it's saying, you know what, thank you, inner voice, for trying to protect me, but I'm good. I got it, you know, um, awesome. kind of releasing, get, not giving it its power. Yeah. So we did give out a lot of information, <laughs> so, which is great. So, but if they were to take nothing from this call, mm-hmm. but, you know, a last single note, what would you like to instill with our group? That self-care is 
selfless and that it starts with making one small adjustment right here, right now, today, yeah. um, and building on that positive momentum because it's a lifetime journey. Um, it's not something that can happen overnight. So just start small, start with a win and build from there. Of course. It's all right to make mistakes, guys. We're just going to keep learning from them. Mm -hmm. Take stock in yourself, like she said, starting with those basic needs. Are we sleeping? Are we eating? Are we yes. drinking water? Because that's only going to help us yep. in the future. Thank you so much, Jill, Yay, for tuning this is so in. Great. Yes, thank you guys for listening. Check on into our first and second episodes if you have it with that goal setting. With that nutrition, it all ties in together yeah. with our health, and it's all super important. As always, drop a comment below and let me know what you would like to hear in the future. Thank you, thank you. Until next time.